I have seen and I have lived some of the richest moments of my life in some of the most humble circumstances. I want to live this life unsafe, unsure, but not afraid. John Northrop has worked to share the love of Christ in communist Europe, communist China, and communist Cuba. Where there is no running water, where there is no hot water to bathe in, where there's very little food or very little physical comfort, but you are surrounded by true worship and true worshipers who are in love with God because they have given up everything in this life to gain everything in Christ. What I want is to give all I got somehow. Giving up, letting go of control right now. John Northrup is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. We caught up with John just before he left for a job in Kenya. He's a media producer, and he helps ministries share the message of Christ and share how God's using the work of their ministry. Now, we're going to use this podcast to share how God's been using John's work. And right after John's story, we're going to share some insight from Billy Graham. I've learned that in spite of our secular world, there are certain things we share with the entire human race. We are all created in the image of God. And God wants to have a relationship with you. Learn more about that at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. John Northrup grew up knowing that he wanted to work in film and television, and that's what he got his college degree in. But as a young man, he was ready to give all that up to go into ministry. I had to come to grips with the fact that the Lord had purposed for me to serve him. So I misunderstood the tension between the creative visual arts, uh, media, and uh, ministry calling. That misunderstanding there was no small thing for John. Trying to make sense of it all became a spiritual crisis of sorts for him. It also became a time of spiritual growth. It took me a while, but the Lord really brought some great mentors into my life and showed me that the two were part of a unique package, that I could be in ministry with my giftings, with my abilities. So for years now, John's been using his skills to help ministries tell the stories they want to share. You might say ministry is in John's blood. His parents and his father's parents were missionaries. John's dad, Paul, was 12 when his parents went to the missions field. They drove from Fresno, California, down to Mexico City in a Model A Ford with uh, the whole family, which was my dad and uh, younger brother and younger sister. From Mexico City, the family traveled to Venezuela, where John's dad grew up. He then went to college in California and then followed in his parents' footsteps or tire tracks. Long story short, they were married in 1953, in February of 1953, and then drove across the country and uh, finally <laughs> selling their spare tire in Key West, Florida to pay the passage on the ferry to get to Havana. This would be a good place to have a brief history lesson about Cuba. 
When John's parents arrived there in 1953, it was not a communist country. It was ruled, though, by a dictator, Fulgencia Batista. He remained in power until 1959 when Fidel Castro led his successful rebellion against the government. Yeah, John's parents and three older sisters were there for all of that, but then they left the country about six months later in the summer of 1959. John was born in 1962. He was born in California, but he was raised in Mexico. His parents had moved there to continue their missions work since U.S. law prevented them from going back to Cuba. But they did get back eventually. The first time I had visited there was in 1986, and I was tremendously moved by what I saw. And uh, the people there that I'd always heard about and to walk the streets that my parents had walked as, as a young couple, as church planters, as missionaries, left a tremendous impression on me. Something else that left a tremendous impression on John was the faithfulness of the evangelical Christians in Cuba, who suffered persecution for years. I saw a Bible that had been separated into all the individual books so that those individual books could be shared around the community. I also saw a hymnal that had been, that was the only remaining hymnal in this church. It was the church that my mom and dad had started in Sancta Spiritus, and that hymnal was kept in the church and it was babied because it was falling apart. The pages were totally loose from the binding and the binding was also falling apart. That visit by John and his parents in 1986 came as a surprise to the pastor who had been baptized by John's dad nearly 30 years earlier. Persecution had forced him and his wife to raise their seven children in a corner of the church sanctuary. Their living space was separated from the rest of the sanctuary by just a bedsheet. The pastor and others from the church community were overjoyed to see the Northrops. Word spread and people started to come and one by one they would come with a little plate of black beans or a little plate of yucca, which is um, the starch that they eat there. And, and somebody came with some eggs and on a hot plate they made us, you know, they, they cooked some eggs for us and made this incredible meal, banquet, to receive us with what little they had. I'll never forget that afternoon. Never, ever, ever forget that afternoon. From the lips of those you saved, a redemption song will rise. With the sound so full, it cracks the sky. Whoa! Since that visit in 1986, conditions have gotten better for evangelical Christians in Cuba. For example, the government there now allows Bibles to be delivered to people who want them. There's an image I have in my mind from a very recent trip where I was sitting on the porch of a pastor's home at sunset. And other pastors had traveled in from the farthest eastern end of the island to pick up some of these Bibles that are now getting in. And the joy, the childlike joy that was shared that evening as they held these Bibles in their hand and they smiled and laughed with each other. It was like, uh, it's hard to describe. John's been traveling to Cuba every year for about the last 10 years to continue the work his dad started there more than 60 years ago. But Cuba's not the only place John has seen God doing indescribable things. Yeah, after John realized he could use his media production skills to answer God's call of ministry, God began opening doors all around the world for John to serve. I got to visit many countries in Eastern Europe. I was in uh, Russia 
right after the Russian White House was hit by, you know, a tank shell. Of course, the former Yugoslavia was, uh, it was a terrible situation with the civil war there. I got to visit the Central Asian Republics, got to bring back stories of how radio was being used by God to really reach so many people in those countries. That season of his life was a formative time for John. I also got to visit China and was greatly impacted by seeing the handwritten Bibles that had been copied by listening to the radio where they had programs where someone was simply, the program was simply reading the Bible at dictation speed. Thank God that somebody had that idea because it worked. Bibles, hand-printed Bibles all over China. John says he's discovered that there is a wealth in the Christian life that has nothing to do with material possessions or our physical well-being. I have seen and I have lived some of the richest moments of my life in some of the most humble circumstances where there is no running water, where there is no hot water to bathe in, where there's very little food or very little physical comfort, but you are surrounded by true worship and true worshipers who are in love with God because they have given up everything in this life to gain everything in Christ. And that perspective has completely changed my life. What I want is to give all I got somehow. Giving up, letting go of control right now. Why are people willing to give up everything for Jesus Christ? Because Jesus gave up so much for us. He left heaven and died on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins. He offers us the only true hope of life forever with God in heaven. Would you like to know more about beginning a relationship with the God who loves you that much? Well, just go to findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. John Northrop has one more story. It is a story of heroic faith in communist Cuba, and he will share that in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I have learned several things in my traveling around the world. Billy Graham. I've learned that in spite of our secular world, there are certain things we share with the entire human race. We are all created in the image of God. Instinctively, man knows that there's something supernatural. He may try to deny it, but it's there. It is in this kind of a world that God has called me to be an evangelist and to preach the gospel. Now, how do we do it? How do we communicate with this world? First, we communicate by the proclamation of the gospel. Secondly, by the way we live. And then thirdly, we communicate the gospel by love. God's supernatural love through us. The love of our neighbor who does not know Christ. And then, fourthly, we communicate the gospel with a holy compassion for social need. That is the way we communicate the gospel. Jesus sends us into the world to live, to proclaim him. He is our gospel. A perfect example of what Billy Graham is talking about here is the work that the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team is doing in Texas. Chaplains from the RRT are there ministering to victims of Hurricane Harvey and the incredible, almost unprecedented flooding that it has caused. 
You can learn more about the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team at our website. Go to BillyGrahamRadio.org and click on What We Do. Those chaplains are living out their faith in Jesus Christ. And our guest on this episode of GPS knows a lot of Cuban Christians who did just that, but in a very different way, during years of persecution in their country. Some of those would put on the electric meter in their home. They would say, we are Christians, or this, or this home uh, belongs to Christians, or in this home, Christ is worshipped. Why did they do that? Because the meter readers were from the government and would come into their home once a week to jot down how much electricity is being used. And so that was their way of saying... We won't, we'll never give up Christ. Wow. Now that is being unapologetic and bold for the name of Christ in a place where it can certainly get you persecuted. We are very grateful for the example that John Northrup has shared with us, and we thank him for the time that he has spent with us. Also, a big thank you to you for listening to GPS God People Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. GPS is available on a number of different platforms, including iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, and the Billy Graham app. And GPS is an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Whoa.